What's up, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Realistically Free Podcast, where I talk about life and dreams and everything in between. Keeping it real with you always, I am your host, Micah. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode this beautiful Sunday. If you didn't know, the clocks went forward this Sunday from 2 in the morning to 3 in the morning, and it feels like the energy has shifted. Spring is approaching upon us, and uh, the weather is starting to warm up, which is beautiful, which is nice. Uh, today's going to be a high of 59 degrees in the, in Pennsylvania anyway. So that's going to be nice for today. And the birds are chirping outside my window. So I'm loving it right now. I know that I just had that weather voice for you. So I apologize, but I thought it was worth noting. So this week's episode, I wanted to dive right in. I want to go a little bit different than previous episodes, you know, here on uh, the realistically free podcast, I try to take emotions and break it down to the root of the problem. I also try to talk about it in a little bit more of a logical, analytical way. It's still emotional, but how can we get it to a different place? So I figured with my experience, my analytical mind, as well as my own personal turmoil that I have experienced in my relationship, my romantic relationship, I figured with the people that I've spoken with recently and my own personal experience, I think I would like to try and give you guys some advice if you're having some turmoil in your romantic relationship. Now, I'm going to preface this episode by saying I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm I'm just a guy who's been married for about six years. I've been with my wife for almost 10 years, and I'm 26 years old. So I'm in a very, very different demographic from what is kind of the norm in today's society where young people don't tend to be married anymore. So I want to come at it from a different perspective. Um, Before I get into all of that, though, if you haven't checked it out already, check out my website, realisticallyfreep.wixsite.com slash real. I'll leave the link for that in the description of this episode so that you can check out my blog as well as listen to this podcast and shop the new t-shirt designs. I'd really appreciate it. it the money goes right back into the podcast, the website, and um, other things that I'm doing like my YouTube channel. And you can subscribe and like my YouTube channel as well. It's just realistically free on YouTube. And I go into other videographies where well, I'm trying to get into some more videography as well as uh, just talk about some more do some vlogs and shit like that, basically. So I'd appreciate that if you'd support it and head on over to YouTube, head on over to my website, and uh, as well as follow me on Facebook, Realistically Free. Okay, now that I got all of that out of the way, let's jump right into this week's episode. Recently, I spoke with someone, and this person has had a failing or what seemed to be their marriage had failed which I don't believe that, uh, you know what, I'm not even going to say that. Anywho, their marriage had seemed to be failing or has failed. And um, this is also a younger individual. And with that being said, these are all from, I guess, a little bit of a younger perspective. But I've also, in the interim of this, of talking with this younger individual, as well as being a younger individual, have spoken with some older individuals. Um, I work for a durable medical equipment company so I frequently visit nursing homes it's basically my whole job and I deliver medical equipment and in the interim of that I'm able to sometimes talk to coherent individuals who have been married for 50 plus years as well as talk to some people in my own family and 
kind of gotten a consensus on how are marriage how do marriages survive and why does it seem to survive the older and the older individuals versus younger individuals is it because we're in an age where there's just so much um what's the word i guess we have so much access to so many people like that we can just choose to leave the person that we're with and find somebody else is it because we're in the age of technology and we're so connected and we i mean we have tinder and we have all these dating apps that we can just find anybody we have just a bigger dating pool is it you know these are the questions that i've kind of been asking myself before i wanted to come on here and make this episode because i feel like some of it can be relevant to our relationships now in this generation of younger individuals why why aren't we getting married why aren't we in these societal norms society what society deems as committed loving monogamous relationships why aren't we having them and if we are having them why do they seem to are those relationships seem to be failing and then not getting committed not like not getting married you know what i mean um now everybody's perspective is different right so i never thought that i would be married i never had an interest in being married i always felt that i would just be a young you know, I would just, I would probably be in committed relationships, but I wouldn't actually be married. I used to look at marriage as a piece of paper. I used to look at marriage as just something that I didn't want. You know, my parents weren't legally married and they were together for over 20 years. So before my, my father had passed away. So till death did they part even without a piece of paper. So I had this mentality of, I didn't need to be married to show my commitment and love to someone. But as I got older and I met my high school sweetheart, that kind of changed for me. And I think part of that is as boys going into men, becoming men, that's just not something we really think about of, you know, we're going to we're going to be married and da, 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 and all those things that are kind of pushed more towards uh, women. So anywho, that that's kind of where I came from of I'm not going to be married. I can still be committed to a person and not marry them. As I got older and I met my high school sweetheart, that kind of started to change. I fell in love with her as we got older. It's like I knew that, you know, we went through a lot of things together. And I said, man, I got to lock this down because she's just an amazing person. And so we got married. I also started as I got older because we didn't get married until we were about 21, somewhere around there. So, yeah, it's been almost six years. So I was about 21. So um basically you know as i got older i realized i have to i should get married not because it was the societal norm but one it was something that she wanted and i wanted to give her that but also because i felt that if something happens to me you know i want her to be able to have the the control legally speaking over what happens to me whether you know god forbid i get into a car accident or something like that and i'm in you know i'm in I'm in the hospital, I'm on life support, you know, I wanted her to be able to make those decisions for what would happen because I just trusted her that, that much. And, um, as well as, you know, life support, or I'm sorry, life insurance and things like that. Like, so there's some legal, from a legality standpoint, there are some reasons that kind of pushed me to get married, but also just from a love standpoint, I felt that that was like the highest commitment that I could ever give to someone else was to be legally binded to you, be and what I thought at the time, spiritually binded to you, 
for the rest of my natural life and in the afterlife. That was my mentality. And I don't regret that decision. But everybody is different. Everybody's uh, goals, everybody's opinions, views, whatever you want, perspectives on marriage is different. But that's just, I just wanted to give you a preface by giving you my perspective on marriage. At least what I used to think of it. And so, moving on, these individuals who I have spoken with have been married for about four or five years. They are also around my age group. And... I feel like this episode is going to be a little bit more for them, and I hope that they listen to this episode and they get a lot of encouragement from it and a lot of tips on how to rebuild or repair what seems like a damaged marriage. And I hope that this episode serves to help any of you out there who are dealing with a difficult relationship, who feel like your your marriage or your your long-term commitment can't be rebuilt. Now, I also want to preface this advice by saying this. If you're being physically abused, this person's putting hands on you, this person's a narcissist, this person is emotionally abusing you, this advice isn't for you. If you're a victim of domestic violence, this, this, this advice is not for you. I'm not going to ever tell anyone or encourage anyone to be in relationships that are emotionally or physically abusive. If that's the case, seek help, get out of that situation. Uh, but if this, if you're not in a physically or emotionally abusive relationship, let's go down that road. Okay. I want to, let's start this, let's start this advice by this. So me, again, my wife and I have been married for about six, almost six years and been together for almost 10. Now, I feel like people don't understand something. The first piece of advice that I need to give you, and I'm going to explain why, is shut the fuck up. I know that sounds um, kind of crass, but seriously, the first piece of advice I have for you is shut the fuck up. What I mean by that is not everyone needs to know everything in your relationship. It is okay to vent to your friends and family but if you're going to talk about your relationship, do so in a clear-headed way. Do so in the most non-biased way that you can. Because here's what happens when you tell people about your relationship and you're pissed off or you're hurt. You're coming from a place of hurt. So now you're, you're going to probably say things that are one-sided, right? Now that's not to invalidate your side. But you're going to say things that are one-sided because you're hurt. And you're upset, which is completely okay. Okay. But now you're going to start to build. You're going to start to build a perception of your relationship and of your partner as being trash. Okay. So now when you start telling your friends and family, my wife is, you know, she's a bitch. She's, she's, you know, she's, uh, <laughs> you know, she's doing X, Y, Z. You know, she doesn't fucking clean the dishes, whatever it is. But you're talking all this crap about your partner to your mom, your dad, your fa- whoever. And you're, and you're coming from a place of anger and hurt. When you vent, you are building this perception of your partner that she, that she or he, whatever the person is, is garbage. They are a garbage person and your relationship is garbage. 
Now, why is that important? Now, why am I saying that's important to just shut the fuck up about certain things? Or at least shutting up when you're in a bad place. Well, when you start to build this negative perception of your significant other to other people, you lose. You think you're getting support, but you're actually losing. You're losing support from your, your, your friends and family and people that you care about and people that you need to give you unbiased advice. Because now your friends or family is going to say things from a place of they want to protect you. They don't want you to be hurting. They don't want you to be angry because let's be real, mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever, people that care about you that you're saying this stuff to, they want you to be happy. And they think that an argument sometimes or if they continuously only hear about the arguments that you guys have behind closed doors, they start to believe that person is trash and they're not good for you and they're toxic to you. And then they might, they might not support you or they might put things in your head that are not necessarily true and it's not necessarily that they're being malicious in, in saying it or coming from a bad place. But when, well, now they listen to that and they say, oh, this, that person's garbage. You know, and then that might alter how you behave in the relationship because now when you're not in that angry place or you're not in that hurt place and you're you're speaking with your friends or family member, they're going to be like, oh, what's up with so-and-so? That person's garbage, da-da-da-da-da. And that could put a strain on the relationship or they can unconsciously treat your partner like shit. Not because they are being bad people or they're just being disrespectful no but because they already have this view now of your partner that could have been avoided had you just shut the fuck up about certain things or not said things in a when you were upset okay so that's kind of my first tip and i say that because in my own personal experience i've had some pretty bad times in my relationship as i've said in previous episodes you know me and my wife weren't always faithful to each other. We, there was some infidelity in our relationship. Now, the reason why I can share that with you guys and not feel concerned that you're going to say, oh, once a cheater, always a cheater, da 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 or say that I'm, you know, I'm crazy because I'm still with somebody who has uh, cheated on me in the past and so on and so forth, is you're not getting the full context. You see what I'm saying? You're not getting the full context of the story. You have to understand, when my wife and I first got together, we were 16 years old. I didn't know my fucking asshole from a hole in the ground. Let's be honest here. You know, I was very naive. I had already come out from abusive relationships. She had come out of an abusive. There was a lot of baggage that get brought, got brought into the relationship. Now... If you've ever, and here's my kind of my second tip, if you're dealing with infidelity in the relationship, I suggest getting to the root of that. Because believe it or not, if you've ever listened to or heard about, there's this woman, her name is Esther Perel. She is an infidelity specialist, basically. And she's been, she's gone all over the world, has researched, and, you know, she's also a marriage counselor, okay? And she's gone all over the world and, you know, been doing this for decades, and a lot of her her TED Talks and her material kind of breaks down where infidelity comes from, what is considered infidelity. And you got to understand in this day and age of technology uh, and, and from relationship to relationship and what is considered infidelity could be can be widely different. Anyway, I say all that to say 
she really opened my eyes to a lot of situations. And because I was open-minded and because I understood, look, we were both young, we made mistakes, we were, you know, we were still finding ourselves as individuals. That's that, which brings me to my next point. It's very difficult to continue a relationship in this day and age when you start that relationship at a young age. I'm not saying it's impossible because, look, I'm, I'm still with my wife, again, almost, ten, it'll be 10 years in the next couple months, okay, so, and in 11 years that I've known her, okay, so it's possible to have long relationships even from starting out at very young ages, but it's very difficult, and here's why. As you, when you get together and you're 16, 15 years old, okay, you are still finding where you fit in the world, right? You're probably not set in stone on what your career path is, what your, you know, what your likes and dislikes are. You probably have never been in a relationship before that was that serious. You get what I'm saying? So you really, you really don't know anything and and you know what I'm trying to say not know anything I don't want to say that but you don't know a lot about relationships what you like about them what you dislike what your boundaries are what your expectations are you don't even know who you are as an individual most of the time where you're going in life where you want to go in life things of that nature so there's a possibility that as you get older because I believe we go through phases in our lives you know each each like decade is a different milestone. I'm very, very different in my mentality now at 26 than I was at 15, 16 years old. And I can see that stark contrast between those two mentalities, right? And I know that my mentality is going to probably be a slight bit different at 30, at 35, 40. You get what I'm saying? As you get older, the things that you want out of life change you ch- you're going to change as an individual more than likely. So that poses somewhat of an issue sometimes in relationships because like in my instance and then this, this other people that I have spoken to, their instance, they, you will either grow together or you will grow apart. See what I'm saying? And it's very important to, you know, it's very important to be honest, to communicate, to talk to each other, to constantly be learning about each other. Because from, again, from I'm not the same person I was at 16, at 18, at 20. It changes a little bit quicker when you're younger and you're getting older. To 21, to now 26. I'm, very, I'm a very different person. Now, the, some core traits are the same, but I'm still a different person. My wife is a different person. So that's something that we constantly have to reevaluate. We have to relearn each other and, you know, get to know each other on different levels. See what I'm saying? So that's kind of my next piece of advice. Communicate. Figure out where you are. Where are you, where are you going? Are you on the same page? Can you merge those, merge those uh, ind- individual people and still be individuals? Which brings me to my next point. You are still an individual. This is something that I struggled with in the beginning of my relationship because I had come from very toxic relationships, really didn't know who I was, struggled with drugs and alcohol addiction. You know, it was very difficult because I became super codependent upon my wife. 
I felt like if she wasn't spending time with me, I wasn't good enough. If she left, it's like if I was by myself, I didn't know what to do with myself because I was so used to just, you know, doing drugs, drinking and just zoning out. And when I was like not high or drunk and my wife wasn't around, it's like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I I didn't know what were just my things. You know what I mean? Because you have to have things that are just for you. You have to. I just said, okay, I'm with this person. I love this person. You know, we're we're together. We live together. And I, basically, long story short, we were up each other's ass 24-7, which suffocated her and unconsciously kind of suffocated me because I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know who I was outside of, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know who I was outside of her. She didn't know who she was outside of me. That's codependency, and it's unhealthy as fuck. <laughs> so that's kind of my next point and my next tip there. Don't be afraid to be an individual. You are still an individual. Just because you're married or you're in a committed relationship does not mean now your entire world, your entire life, everything revolves around this person. If that's what you do, then it's going to become very unhealthy because now you are constantly seeking for the other person to fill you and you're giving all of these extra expectations and pressures on the relationship and on the other individual, which is going to lead to resentment and so on and so forth. So that's my next piece of advice if you're trying to rebuild a relationship out there. Figure out who you are as an individual. Figure out the things that you like and dislike. Okay. Once you can figure those things out, you will be able to now see where you are with the other person. Maybe you maybe that person changes and grows and maybe you don't like that person anymore and that's okay. But you have to be willing to accept that if that becomes the case. Okay. So find who you are. Find things that bring you happiness, that bring you peace. Find things that are just for you. And hopefully, as you continue communication, you continue that. You just continue on your path. You'll grow together this time instead of growing apart. But be beware that there's a possibility that that person may grow and you may not like that person or vice versa. Which is also okay. But that comes with what? Communication, honesty, love and respect. Okay? So that's, let's, let's wrap it up. Not wrap it up, but let's bring it back a little bit so that I can kind of give that synopsis of what I said. Advice number, tip number one, shut the fuck up. Don't tell everyone about everything. Keep some shit to yourself. Not everybody needs to be behind closed doors. Not every You don't lay with everyone. So some things just need to be kept to yourself until you feel that you're in a good place to speak on it or you can just not say anything at all and just keep it to yourself and deal with it in-house, so to speak. Deal with it with your partner, not with everyone else. Tip two is grow together or find who you are as an individual. That's very important. I know I gave another tip in there, but I can't remember what it is now, so just go back and listen to it if you need it. <laughs> okay, moving on. Another thing that I think 
that can help in rebuilding what seems like an irreparable relationship or marriage is uh, giving each other space. Space, I never realized, you know, until I started becoming a more, you know, independent individual and started finding the joys of my life and started finding things that I appreciated about myself and started finding things that I really love to do and started enjoying my own autonomy, my own space, that I realized space is okay. Space is good. It makes the heart grow fonder. When you have space from each other sometimes to work on yourselves and you're giving that a real shot, you'll have a real shot at repairing the relationship. You'll, you'll realize that I'm still my own person. That person is still their own person. And when we come together, we make magic. We make magic together. I'm not waiting for that person to air quotes fix me. Nobody can fix anyone. Only you have the power to fix yourself. Okay? So, you know, there's no more of that expectation, that pressure, right? Now, getting into the the next piece is intimacy, right? And what I mean by intimacy is, yes, sex, okay? Sex is... <laughs> can be a very important part of a romantic relationship. That's kind of what differentiates sometimes a platonic relationship and a romantic relationship because you can have very deep feelings for someone platonically and it not be sexual. Whereas it's very difficult to have a romantic relationship without the sexual part of it or at least without the intimacy. Now, there have been times where I've had some, you know, we've had some issues in our, in our marriage. It took a long time for me to understand that a part of that sometimes is stress. Sometimes it's not, it's not about that person being, you not being good enough or that person not being good enough or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's stress, you know, we got financial stresses, we got our own personal demons that we're fighting, all those things that can play a part into intimacy and not every and not and another thing i wanted to pre- i wanted to say actually about intimacy is sex isn't the only thing that makes something intimate right you can have sexual feelings for someone in that relation that romantic relationship and still not have sex and still have intimacy so what is intimacy well i feel like that's up to each person to decide what they consider intimacy for themselves and their relationships but i'll give you some tips here on how you can be intimate without having sex Something I've learned over the, over the years with my wife, something that makes me feel connected with her without having sex is just holding hands. You know, we'll be walking through a park, we'll hold hands, we'll talk, we'll talk deeply about our dreams, about our goals, about our, about our life together, what we want, and we find out where we are. That's very intimate. That makes me feel very connected to her, especially when we're talking about things and we're like on the same page about everything. <laughs> like that is like... Uh, that to me feels very, very intimate. You know, I always tell her my favorite part of the day is laying in bed, cuddling with you, getting ready to go to sleep because it's intimate. We're, we're close. You know, we're having that transference of energy and it's not sexual. It's just a beautiful, pure, intimate not part of my day. So that's something that you can try too, holding each other, hugging, 
you know, it's been proven that even just six to 20 seconds of hugging can relieve stress, can relieve depression. You know, it's very intimate. You know, kissing, deep kissing can be considered intimate. It doesn't have to lead to anything. It could just be as a, I love you and I'm, you know, just just that passionate, I love you, we're kissing. It doesn't have to lead anywhere. If it does, hey, never going to say no to it. Don't, you know what I mean? But, you know, you have to find ways to be intimate without sex. Because in this, in this, in this day and age, you know, we have so many things going on. You got your full-time jobs. Got like me, I got the full-time job. I got my podcast. I have my YouTube channel. I have my blog. I have my websites that I'm trying to build. There's a lot of things going on. My wife works. You know, she's got her art. She got her paints. She's working on her website so you can get out there. So she's doing a million things. I'm doing a million things. And sometimes I'm just tired. Like, we're just like, yo, like, let's not do that. Like, we're not even thinking about it, not even worried about it, whatever the case may be. Never going to say no to it. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, you know, sometimes it's just there's a lot of things going on. So, you know, it becomes stressful or it becomes, you know, we're tired, whatever the case may be. And it's okay. There's other ways to be intimate, but you have to find what that means for you. And sometimes we think that the only way to be close is through sex. And it's you don't have to. It doesn't have to always be about sex. It's nice. It's good. But it doesn't always have to be about that. So that would be another piece of advice on how rebuilding your relationship could be stop putting so much pressure on each other you know let let give that person space to grow give that person space to be who they are give that person space to find themselves you know if you have infidelity that has happened in your relationship find out where that came from find out where the hurt is see if it's something that you are willing if you if you are willing to 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 try to get through and if you're not that's okay everybody has their line in the sand and that's okay it was like I said for myself, it was a little bit different because we were young. Now, if that shit happened as an adult, I'd be out the fucking door. But again, you know, some sometimes some things can warrant um, some grace, at least for in my in my experience and in my relationship. And so before I close out this episode, hopefully everything that I said was was um, beneficial for you and was helpful to you. I also wanted to to kind of quickly say what has adult what has elder elderly people or or older individuals have told me on how their marriages or long-term relationships have worked out well elderly people tell me i noticed the people in about their 70s and 80s tell me when they've been with their their significant others for 40 50 plus years their their advice to me when they see that i'm you know i got my wedding ring and i'm a young i'm a young guy they will be like, oh, you're married? I'm, yeah, I've been married. I'm, you know, been my wife almost 10 years. And I'll say, and they'll say, wow, that's beautiful. I've been with my husband or been with my wife for 40, 50 years. And I always, and they, they say, I always ask them, how, how, how did you, how did you make it 40, 50 years? And I usually hear a common theme. We communicate, it's communication, talking to each other, not holding things back, being honest, you know, Sometimes even just doing little things for one another keeps that love going or keeps the relationship alive, whether it's, you know, buying flowers or, you know, taking taking your spouse out to dinner. And that could be for a man or a woman. You know, men need to be like to be pampered, too. Men like to be taken out to dinner. My wife took me out to dinner for Valentine's Day. That made me feel appreciated. You know what I mean? Made me feel good. 
And she wanted to take me out to dinner and to a movie. I said, all right, cool. I mean, at first, as a man, it's like, all right, let me do that. She's like, no, nah, I want to do that for you. You know, so that can go vice versa. You know, another piece of advice they give me is being thoughtful, thinking of one another. You know, hey, I was at the store and I realized you were low on deodorant. Just stupid shit like that sometimes can go a long way in making a person feel loved. Because I truly believe love is an action. It's not, it's not really just a feeling. It's, it's an action. You prove that you love someone, you know, and you continuously show them that you love them through your actions, through your behaviors, the way that you treat them, the way that you speak with them, the way you speak about them, right? So they always said, um, so elderly people always tell me, communication, you know, little acts of kindness are nice. Honesty, being honest with each other, being honest about how you feel, even when it's uncomfortable, that's something that took a long time for me personally to get through with me and my wife was that I would hide how I felt because I didn't want to hurt her feelings or she would hide how she felt because she thought it was going to hurt my feelings. Whereas now we, we have a thing every once a week, you know, we have a very deep, intimate conversation and we find out where we are. How are you feeling? How was your week? How did like, and really, really deep, dig deep on the emotional part of it. How did you feel this week? How was it for you? Did I do anything that upset you? What can I do to be better and vice versa? Like we go, we go real deep in the conversation, you know, so honesty. And when I say honesty, I mean brutal honesty. Even sometimes it's going to hurt the other person's feelings, you know, but you're not going to be able to fix anything without that brutal honesty and communication. And that's just the reality of it. Okay. So they tell me honesty. They tell me communication. Sometimes they just tell me long view. I feel like sometimes in, in our society now, we look at what we want right now, not, not, we don't look at it in the future. We may say, oh, I want to be with you forever and ever and ever. But we're not even looking into forever and ever and ever. We're just looking into tomorrow and the day after that. Sometimes we don't see that far ahead, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. It's like people my age are incapable of doing that. So, those, you know, they'll say that. It's just seeing the long view. But the last piece of advice they give me is always they say, commitment. When you marry someone, and this is my opinion, and it's different for everyone, but this is my opinion. And I agree with them when they say it. Marriage is the highest commitment you could give to someone. So be committed. Be committed to making it work. Be committed to giving it everything that you have. Be committed to loving each other. Being, be committed to respecting each other. Be committed to being honest with each other. Be committed to learning about each other. Be committed to being an independent person, but also being a dependable person. Those are totally different things. I'm dependable, but do not be solely dependent upon me. See what I'm saying? And that's really all I wanted to leave you with. And I hope that in this 35 minutes that this was helpful for you. If you're in a relationship or a marriage that you feel can't be repaired, again, this is not for someone who is a victim of domestic violence or emotional abuse or any abuse like that, okay? So if you stuck it out with me this long, I hope that you're not. Anyway. I hope that this helped you. I hope that 
you do give it a shot. Anything can be fixed or repaired if you try. And if you want it, if you want it to be, if you're committed to changing, if you're committed to being honest, if you're committed to love, you can make a relationship work. But I will say the biggest piece of advice of everything, like I said, change, love, respect, okay, and shut the fuck up. Keep shit to yourself. That way, if shit goes wrong, you can take that L by yourself, okay? Find, you know, find support if you need to. Find support in a therapist. You know, you can go to marriage counseling. A lot of people tell me they don't like it, but I think it can be beneficial if you're having trouble in these areas that I just talked about. But other than that, I don't want to make this episode any more longer. I hope this was helpful for you. If you have any questions, leave them in my Facebook comments or, you know, message me on Facebook. You can DM me on Instagram if you want me to get into more detail with this conversation. You can also email me at realisticallyfreepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my website. Shop my new t-shirt designs at my website. And um, follow me on all of those social media accounts and subscribe to me on YouTube. And I'll be back on to talk to you guys next sunday but as always if you can give help give it if you need help get it there is nothing ever wrong with any of that but above all else love each other keep it real always out